Hello my lovely listeners and welcome to this next episode where we're going to talk about quiet practice is not real practice. But first I would love to give a shout out to you my listeners. I was super happy to see that this past week I had 500 downloads on my last podcast. So guys you're great. Please keep tuning in. You keep me motivated. You keep me inspired and I just love to share all of my tips, tricks, secrets and stories to keep you entertained. So let's go back now to our latest subject. Quiet practice is not real practice. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, if you've been around horses long enough, you're going to see stuff, you're going to know stuff, you're going to do stuff yourself. You know, it's just a big part of it. And um, the whole part of being around horses, you know, a big chunk anyway, I like to think, especially for you guys listening, and mostly for me, (laughs) you know, that's why I do all of this, is that the horses teach us stuff. The horses really are, you know, way more than just a hobby, way more than just riding. There's so much there. And um, they take you on this wonderful journey if you let them, teaching you about the ways of life and how you can improve yourself and how you can get better at things. Especially, of course, because if we love our horses, it's in their best interest for us to get better so we can create a better life for them. And, you know, quite often, um, sometimes what we think is good for a horse or nice for a horse, oftentimes is actually not in their best interest. Now, I'm not going to go into that too much in this podcast, but what I would like to talk about is, you know, real practice. So you've heard me talk about it in previous podcasts, I hope, where, you know, I've mentioned I keep my my horses on a very busy barn just 15 minutes away from Amsterdam and we've got every kind of rider there every kind of horse everything is you know available including different styles of riding from recreation to dressage to a bit of show jumping we've got it all which is fantastic we also have the facilities to be able to do that one thing for sure is that at this place is there is no form of neglect it's purely not allowed so you know the horses are all in very good condition If anything, I would say a majority of them are a little bit fat due to lack of exercise and overfeeding, but we don't have any, you know, uh, extreme cases of neglect and stuff like that, which is awesome. Nobody can hide, if that makes sense, that you can't not take care of your horse because it's going to get noticed straight away. So we've got a variety of different riders, different disciplines, people who do a bit of everything and people who just really stick to their discipline. And of course, namely, the the most popular sport area of training is dressage. Now, I don't refer to dressage as dressage too much these days because the the modern view of how that is portrayed sits nothing in what I would like dressage to be. That's my personal thing. Because for me, dressage is all about, you know, gymnasticizing the horse, having them solid in all three gates, an excellent foundation. They should be able to to do trot pole work. They should be able to do a little jump, go on trail rides. This whole variety, there's absolutely no reason why, you know, a 300,000 euro dressage horse, I don't care what level level it is, can't do these things. It's actually what helps them become more of an all-rounded student because at the end of the day that's what they are 
Now, I don't need to go into the details of jumping a, you know, a four-year-old horse from preschool straight into university and the, the damage and trauma that can cause not just on their emotions and their mind, but also on their bodies. I'm not going to go into that either here, but what I do want to talk about is the practice. So, because dressage is an ever-popular sport, so... We've got some dressage riders at our stables, and sure, you know, they're, they're, they're doing pretty good. I, I'm not here to, you know, put anyone down or discuss uh, things that I think can be better. Cause be, because, to be honest, we all can be doing things better. That's exactly my point at the opening of this podcast. But there are some things which, you know, give me a little itch between my shoulder blades occasionally, and that is... They want things to be quiet at home while they practice. Now, this leads off on many, many paths. So I'm going to do my best to elaborate to just hopefully get hopefully get people to think about, you know, what I'm trying to say here. And that is, I can't practice quiet at home if I'm expecting same said horse and same said self to go to a competition where there's going to be noise, there's going to be traffic, there's going to be kids running around and expect the horse to perform at exactly the same as it does at home in that lovely, quiet, safe environment. It's just not, it's just not possible. You know, take noise and, you know, you could have, especially at our stables, you can have three blacksmiths banging away on their tools to shoe the next horse you can have leaf blowers you can have tractors you've got it all now as annoying as that can be because we really are in one of the most beautiful parts of the netherlands in the dunes of course you don't really want to be hearing all that noise but you don't really want to take it away either because that is real life for horses that noise is there and it kind of helps train them if you want to find a positive way to look at it so if you're saving your practice for when there's barely anybody around at the stables and when the arena is empty and when the leaf blowers are not out doing their job anymore and then you practice, I'm sorry, but that's really avoiding something which you could actually use to your advantage in order to create a very brave, happy, happy horse. Now, sometimes, you know, people do go out their way and they're riding they don't care what's going on in the environment and stuff like that and they do do their practice but what happens is they might be for example in the indoor arena and they're doing fine whatever they're doing or they think they're doing fine and then something happens outside which disrupts the horse in the arena because they can't see they can only hear whatever noise that was and before you know you can hear a a buck and a fart and a human shouting god damn it what was that and they've now hit the earth and uh, their horse is running around like a maniac on speed in the arena and they don't know what happened and I've had it happen to myself actually where I was just moving a barrel just literally moving it from one place to the other literally a meter and there were stones inside the barrel I hadn't put them in there a kid probably had done it while they were playing around that area and the stones moved and then this actually happened to someone that was riding in the arena (laughs) off they went and then I got shouted out full top of their voice Zoe what are you doing and it was like oh my gosh there's just been leaf blowers around and tractors and blacksmiths and of course because I moved the barrel with the stones in it and it's a sound the horse is not familiar with no horse should is really familiar with that to be honest but and I'll get to that in a minute um this human is now shouting 
at me at the top of their voice blaming me for their horse not being confident and for their horse exploding and for their horse having so much tension in its body that now it's got literally to the top peak of what it could tolerate heard a sound it doesn't recognize and has gone nuts what i actually want to do is turn around and say hey we need to dig deep into actually what the real problem is here because it's not about me it's not about me moving this barrel with stones in it it's really about what on earth is going on in your training because you're obviously missing tension you're missing signals from your horse which is telling you i'm not happy And I can tell you, same said person, same said horse, every single time I see them go into the arena, they literally have to, for the lack of better words, almost beat it to go in there because the horse is putting on the brakes, slamming them on right before the gate saying, listen, mate, I don't want to go in that torture pit with you. I don't want to go in there, full stop. So now I have to put on a ton of pressure to get that horse in then then of course there's a ton of pressure god knows what's happening in the training for the horse to always be so jumpy spooky that uh there's it's not any different to the horse the entrance and being in there and then of course when the horse comes out it can't wait to get out the dismount is a bit you know let's say for the better word for the lack of better words um messy um the horse is already power walking over to the gate before she's even got her backside out of the saddle And then as soon as it comes out of the arena, it starts blowing out. It's getting such a release and relief from being in the arena. So this person in particular doesn't always practice when it's quiet, but they've got troubles with their horse when there is things going on that the horse is not familiar with. So again, there's many pathways off to this. I don't observe this person's training. I I don't actually care to. Um, But... There is something amiss. Something is going on. And, you know, for me, what good horse training is about is not just a technique. It's not just a tool to use. It's not, it's not, it's not. It really is about the feel in your heart, the feel in your hand, the feel in your brain, the feel and focus and intention that you're actually projecting using these tools and using this technique all the way from the horse's ears all the way down to their hooves. Are they feeling it? Are they getting it? Is it something that's um, you still got to work on? Or is it um, something that's starting to become permanent? The horse is a very intelligent animal. And when we repeat something enough, they remember it. They're also pattern animals. So if you repeat something good enough, often enough, it will start to become normal. But here's where it gets interesting. If you repeat something often enough that's not good enough, that that is actually bad or something that you do not want in your horse's life, here's what's going to happen. They're going to start to learn it. And trust me, guys, when horses learn things that we don't want them to learn, it can indeed, and for some reason, become harder for them to unlearn. I think, just going on a little side note there, that quite possibly has something to do with the fact that they are a prey animal and we are a predator. And prey animals are designed by default genetics, blood, to outsmart predators. So when there's something going against a little bit, you know, of what we want, what we need and what is useful for them to live in our life, in our ways, they they, they put a harder stamp on it. You know what I mean? Because it's defying us. It has a little bit of a 
a defense it's a protection for themselves perhaps whatever it is it's a little bit harder for them to unlearn but here's the most beautiful thing i think about horses that it's possible to teach them anything and everything they are amazing and especially if you have good heart about it are clear firm when necessary kind you know keep the rules no gray areas horses don't have room for gray they're all about black and white watch a horse in a herd there's no gray it's really just black and white i either want you in my space or i don't i ever want to groom with you or i don't you know super black and white so going back to the quiet training i just would like to share another little thought that i have excuse me for a second <coughs> and that is i have my own you know kind of idols that i aspire to and you know get motivated by what they do and stuff like that and quite a few of them of course they have their own their own facilities and arena you know and round pen you know just the ideal dream dream setup and something that i've noticed which <laughs> i know for sure when i get my own place i will not do this for the very reasons of what this podcast is about they indeed have their own private arena some of them without windows they have that perfect perfect round pen either surrounded by bushes or in the middle of nowhere where there's no outside influence there's no cars parking there there's no people walking by now this could could be you know it's private do you know what i mean it's really nice but if these people are taking in horses for training besides a privacy thing of course um and privacy doesn't mean bad it doesn't mean people are doing bad just because it's private what it means is they just don't have all of their um distractions for example like what i and my instructors have um but what it does mean to me is that you know they're training these horses they're, they're charging you know reasonable about amounts of money take these horses in anything from two weeks up to months sometimes even half a year that i've read and seen training them in these very very quiet quiet locations and then of course the human has to take that horse home now in its real world where there really is tractors there really is traffic i just wonder how that works out for the people because you know train a horse any any horse good enough if the human hasn't learned how to handle the horse in this new way with this new way of being in life new technique new tools new skills whatever 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 the horse is pretty much going to default back to its old ways anyway because remember your horse is who you are and where your knowledge level is at they replicate that absolute lightning speed and is a fantastic level and monitor of where your horsemanship is today but if the horse is trained quite surely by surely when it gets home for the sorry for my language here but shit must hit the fan you know so as a trainer and a clinician and and somebody who really aspires at this time december 2023 to have their own property i'm gonna think about that i i want to have the training facilities set up so that there is noise if i have to put balloons up in every corner and have music blaring with firework sounds in it to replicate real life i'm gonna do just that don't get me wrong though guys because you know like for my online training academy i would love to have a private arena where there's no outside influence and sound for my recordings thankfully the microphone is really good and doesn't pick up on too much of the outside sounds but i hear it 
I get distracted. So I really, really have to go double, double into my bubble and switch off completely and make sure I'm not influenced by the outside sounds. But I have to say, during my online training academy, especially um, with Marquez, he's a, a big star in the young horse and colt starting section. We've had a lot of outside um, influence. And what I could do was actually show how I handle that and how I help the horse come through that because, you know, he's got to live in this environment. He's got to get used to it. So that's one big benefit bonus about that. Give myself a little pat on the back for that, actually, because I'm just realizing how great that is just by saying this to you now. So quiet practice is not real practice. If you're trying to practice your dressage test, when it's all nice and quiet and then you're going to that competition, I'm sorry, you're just setting yourself up to fail. Be happy when there's, you know, sound around. Just get on, get in your bubble. Do it double if you have to like me. And trust me, when you go in a double bubble, it can be pretty tiring, but at least you've accomplished something positive and nice. So that's always great. If there's noise, embrace it. Use it. If you're a dressage rider, why not stick up, step up to the next level? You know, you're seeing this on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok all the time now. You've got these amazing shows of riders doing really nice riding, gymnastics, and they've got, they're asking the horse to do this on one big, gigantic silk tarpauling. It's amazing, you know, and, and I'm still amazed today how people are so impressed by that when actually it's not that difficult and aren't we already convinced by now how wonderful the horse is and what it is able to do and how brave it is able to be if we train it correctly. I have a massive um, folder in my online training academy called Bravery Training. It's only at the beginning of what I want to be able to share in there right now but it's got all your basic stuff how to ask a horse to go into something, over something, or to accept something like a spray on its manes and tails. You know, you'd be amazed how many horses standing cross ties have had water put on them or sprayed and their eyes are popping out of their head like a rabbit in the headlights. And it's just completely ignored because the horse is standing still because it's in a cross tie, therefore it's accepted as a, you know, it's an accepted way accepted behavior but if we really look at the horse it's screaming its head off what are you doing to me stop 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 I don't understand because you know when we do some things to horses or we ask them to do things for us or we ask them to live in certain ways that's what they're screaming when they don't understand I don't get it I need help please stop please explain it to me if you don't have the tools how to explain things to your horse or maybe right now you don't even see it and over time you do because you get more experience, there's people like me here, there and everywhere that can help you with that. It's just that you have to be open to it and you have to be able to look at your horse in the eyes and ask them, am what I ask, what am, let's start that over, is what I am asking you okay for you? If it is not, I'm going to put up two fingers, put them to up, and I solemnly declare that I'm going to find a way to help you and see if we can make this better so that you can live a much more fulfilled life. If your horse is tense and afraid of outside influence, it's actually got nothing to do with the outside influence. It's really to do with 
how the horse feels in that moment. Maybe it didn't have tension when you arrived, but the moment you arrived, it starts to have tension in its body, tension in in its thoughts, because it doesn't really know what you want. The bond is not quite there 100%, and the more you do, you slap on that dead cow on their back, the saddle, dead cow on their face, the bridle. You get on their back, predator, and by the time you've done all that, the horse's outfit's face on adrenaline, hides it well, so it's not super obvious, and then when something influences it from the outside, boom, there it shows it because it's maybe trained not to show fear um, besides that, or it's just keeping it all tucked inside, and then at a certain point it hits that little peak on the volume button, and boom, the speakers blow out. All right, so quiet practice is not real practice. If you're training for the competitions, you need to expose your horses to stimuli. And on top of that, you need to know how where, when, and what to do when the horse does get tense and, um, you know, and have the tools to be able to build in relaxation into your horse. Now, that's something I could talk about all day long. I can do a week clinic just on relaxation tools. But don't let that put you off because every little new thing you learn, you can implement it. As you're learning and as you start to apply these things to your horse, like I always say, horses are not stupid, they're incredibly intelligent, they start to pick up on that and you already get 10 out of 10 golden star for extra effort in their books by just helping them with that one thing, which already will instill and give them confidence towards you for other things. It really does work just like that. So that's pretty much all I've got to say about that, really. I think the rest of it speaks for itself. If you have any questions about how to teach your horse to relax, maybe you're not relaxed and your horse is. That's, you know, that's another subject right there. Um, Anything like that, really, please don't be afraid to get in touch. You can find me across all social media platforms at Get Good With Horses. You can find my website at getgoodwithhorsescourses.com. You can always reach out to me because I have tons of materials which I can help you. Please also tune in to my Relaxation Whistle podcast because in there I, I emphasize and teach you a little bit about my Relaxation whistle, whistle, which for the most part, of course it helps relax the horse. It's a tool for that, but it's actually relaxing the human. It's giving the human a way to keep their nervous system and their their state kind of calm in such a way that you know therefore then you're a better representative better parent better teacher better friend for your horse who they can rely on so that they can remain confident that's pretty much what that's all about so thanks very much for listening and um i hope you tune in next week for our next episode have a great day or evening wherever you are You have been listening to Zoe's Horse Bites podcast. Powered by Get Good With Horses courses and online training academy by Zoe Code.